0: Hey everyone, Uh, from articles to conversations to posts on social media, I keep hearing the same question. What good can come out of all of this? What rhythms or practices that I'm doing now given all of these restrictions uh, should keep going? Like when the world goes back to normal, assuming that it will in some way, like what do I want to not go back to normal in my own life? What do I want to change? Uh, How do I want to be better on the other side of this? Because we're all becoming something right now. I think the question is, are we becoming more or are we becoming less? So today, I'm really excited. We're starting a new series today simply called A New Normal. New practices and ways of being uh, that we want to carry with us after all of this is over. So we're gonna jump right in to Joshua one. If you have your Bibles, Joshua is in the Old Testament, first half of the book, and um, we're gonna go. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the dry land. I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all of the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea and to the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me for a minute? Lord, we pray open our eyes that we would see you, our ears that we would hear you, and our hearts that we in some way would encounter you, that we would know you more. God, I pray that you give every person who is watching, listening in, Lord, in expectant hearts, like a truly open posture, Lord. Even a story like this, sometimes we read these stories and they feel disconnected. Um, And yet we continue to find new truths arising from this ancient wisdom, Lord, from the ways that you've spoken through real life people who have struggled and wrestled with what it is to walk in faith just like us. So we pray, Lord, for those that just need to receive comfort this morning, Lord, we just trust that you will bring comfort, that you'll bring encouragement to those that need encouragement, Lord, that you'll bring um, correction to those that maybe need correction. Lord, may we emerge from this, this simple time together full of just more faith and more hope and more love. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. So, this story begins right out of the gate with, um, with uncertainty. And when I've been thinking about this new normal, this new series, um, one thing that has crossed my mind uh, has simply been um, what ways um, is this helping grow and expand my faith. is helping me thrive in uncertainty that I actually want to take with me after all of this is over. I don't know if you've ever, ever had a moment of like deep uncertainty, a moment where you knew right away like this uh, moment this and the decision that I needed to make in this uncertainty was going to change me for good or for bad. Um, Many of you have shared this with from early on, I just knew uh, music was going to be a big, big part of my life. I had so many air bands. Um, Every time a song came on the radio, like I I immediately imagined myself in a music video or performing at the Grammys. I had a friend who we would exchange songs with, as soon as I'd learned how to play guitar, I started writing songs like mad. Uh, So we would send tapes back and forth to one another. Remember tapes? And uh, we had a band called Plastic Apple. That was the name of our band, solid band. Three ring binder full of songs. I remember one in particular where I sort of berated my parents for getting into fights about getting the driveway paved when there were people dying from hunger all over the world. These were the sorts of songs I was written. Anyway, fast forward uh, to my senior year of high school, um, starting to write these great songs with a buddy of mine who I knew, knew from like the neighborhood, from church. He was a freshman at the University of Rhode Island. We were writing good songs. We gathered up a couple other players, uh, all of which who were, I think one was a freshman and one was a sophomore in high school. And, uh, and we just started to go. We were rehearsing. We just couldn't believe the stuff that was coming out. And we all had this moment and this feeling like, this is it. This is the thing we've been longing for. Now I've been visiting colleges. I'd applied to colleges. Um, I wanted to do music production mostly because I just wanted some kind of degree that would still connect me with music. Um, So there's this one school I really wanted to go to that was like halfway across the country. There's another school that was nearby that I'd gotten a scholarship to. And then there was University of Rhode Island, which I grew up 10 minutes from. It was like in my backyard. Um, And I just didn't want to go to URI, but I applied to University of Rhode Island because it was the my backup school and that was just sort of for whatever reason that was what I did what a lot of my friends did um but this band was quickly making you I my first choice and I was freaking out like so much uncertainty this all culminated in a moment where like it felt like my destiny was on the line I'm sitting on the stairs like in tears crying to my mom and dad like what am I gonna do because the practical choice the 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 um you know, conventional wisdom would say, well, go to either the school that you, you especially want to go to that has the scholarship, or at least go to the school that has your program, but there's no reason you should go to university or now And even my parents were like, even though they would have loved to have me close, they were like, no, 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 that is not where you need to go. Especially don't make that decision based on a band. If you're a mom and dad out there with kids who are about to get to college, you, you probably resonate with what my mom and dad were feeling. And so I just had this moment where I felt like the right choice, the choice that felt right in my bones that was gonna make my mother cry was the choice I should make. And yet I'm being torn internally, like, really? Why, this does feel when I zoom out for a second crazy that I would make this decision based on a band that hadn't even played a show yet. It always feels like the choices of like our faith or fear when you're in the middle of uncertainty. I think this is like the emotional um, setting that we find in this passage. In Joshua 1, right at the beginning, uh, we read, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. And it will pause there for a quick minute. Joshua, we learn, um, if we were to go back in in history here at this moment, this um, tribe that God has delivered from the oppressors in Egypt and is bringing them to the promised land. Moses is the one who has brought them through so much. And Joshua is this aide who has seen These unbelievable moments with Moses, his leader, his mentor, Uh, these moments when God gave them the 10 commandments, when God spoke, Moses gives uh, Joshua these challenges, these stretch assignments to go and scout out the promised land. He's been with Moses through some of the most cinematic moments in the life of these people. And we learn that Moses is is dead. Everybody looked to Moses. When Moses was here, if you had a problem, you go ask Moses. Moses. Moses had the direct line to God. Moses would get the answer. He had led them through thick and thin. He had fathered these people. And now the paradigm had just shifted. Moses is gone. The leader is gone. The cloud, if you know the story, is gone. The manna is gone. All the miracles are in the past. And there is a new paradigm And Joshua is now the leader. Life has never been like this before. And so Joshua has to lead. It goes on, now then you and all of these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm going to give them to the Israelites. You gotta move forward. Joshua's got to move forward. I can't help but wonder how ready was he? How confident is he that he's actually got this? How inadequate does he feel with his leader and mentor, not with him anymore? How uncertain is he? Anyone else feeling a bit uncertain these days? How long is this all gonna last? Am I gonna get sick? If I get sick, will I make it? Will I still have a job after all this? Will my portfolio rebound? Can I parent my kids through this? Is my marriage gonna survive this? I'm guessing that many of us over the last week or two have also started to come down off like an adrenaline high. It's like when someone in your family dies and you go into logistic mode. Somebody has to step up. Maybe you've been that person and take care of the arrangements and be the comforter and make the calls and write the eulogy. And then after the funeral, on that drive home, if you know what I'm talking about, something sets in. It's like reality sets in. This is how things are gonna be. Uh, I played soccer for nearly all of my youth. And uh, in soccer, uh, even though you're using your feet most of the time, the ball's being kicked around up in the air constantly. And the, the, the trick of a good soccer player is getting the ball, keeping the ball under control. So I was a defender. And I remember this moment where I'm close to the goal that I'm supposed to be defending when a forward on the other team comes like hauling at me as fast as he can. And there's a ball in the air coming like just up over his shoulder. The ball is being passed to him. He just needs to grab that ball um, and put it in the goal, like one easy kick. And so I, I have this moment where I need to I need to settle the ball and clear it out so that this guy doesn't score. And so I make a split second decision to try and trap the ball on my chest and then clear it. So the ball comes in and that's not exactly what happened. I completely misjudged the trajectory, completely misjudged the speed, the ball slips by me, the guy scores, completely my fault. (laughs) Trapping or setting the ball in soccer is about bringing it down giving yourself time then to read the field, to position the ball where you need it, and then get strategic about where we need the ball to go next. I think we're in a moment for many of us where like, we, we just need to now settle the ball. We need to settle, <laughs> settle the ball and see the field. We need to stop making adrenaline driven decisions and we need to get strategic. Joshua is dealing with this uncertainty. Moses has died and they have to keep going. Joshua has to lead in the midst of all of this. And so it's in this context then that God speaks promises Promises of assurance. You read in verse three, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. We get these big swooping statements, like God here though is basically saying, your future is secure, you're going to be okay. This in so many ways is what we spent time celebrating last Sunday, if you were with us or with any other church community, this is what Easter is all about, it's this reminder in the resurrection that death doesn't have the sting that it once did that death doesn't have the last word that in some mysterious and beautiful way we can actually be sure of eternal life that the ache and the pains of death that we will feel in some way on this side don't have this um this doom attached to them jesus um shares these sorts of things with his disciples when he tells them, take heart. I will go and prepare a place for you. He says, my father's house has many rooms. There's nothing you have to do to earn it. Just accept the gift of grace and the gift of life everlasting. See what we see is, and we're gonna keep seeing as we go through this story in Joshua, is that Jesus, um, mirrors or this mirrors what God is like and what we see and how Jesus interacts with his disciples. So let's keep going. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. In your uncertainty, in this new normal, you don't need to fear abandonment. This is another promise he gives here, another assurance. I'm not going to fail you. The word here, uh, forsake in the Hebrew, the word has this connotation of leaving or carrying. Um, I don't know if they still do home economics in high school, but I remember we had home economics. Um, and uh, you'd have to practice carrying a baby. Like like one of the things was like learning about childcare and how to care for a baby. And one of the ways you do this is you'd carry around for like a whole week, like a carton of eggs. Um, and uh, you just have to make sure obviously they don't break. And and this actually gets a little bit at what this Hebrew word, if you wanted to like circle the word forsake and just write underneath it, like don't drop. It's like God taking Joshua or God taking you like a carton of eggs and walking down a path that's uneven, that's full of rocks and you're afraid he's going to trip and he just says, I won't drop you. I'm not gonna drop you. This is the imagery around this, like God will not forsake you. I'm not going to forsake you, Joshua. I'm not going to drop you. It's almost like God's like, I know about your retirement and I know where it is and where it's not. And I know your fears about the future. And I know what you're thinking about the economy. And I understand where your relationships are. I won't drop you. Jesus again tells his disciples, I will send another advocate to help you, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth, for he lives in you and will, uh, lives with you and will be in you. And he says, I will not leave you as orphans. This promise of God's presence with us, I, I know just from talking with so many of you, you've felt in profound ways in this season. In Joshua's journey, in the disciples journey with Jesus, God speaks to the fear of the future and he speaks to the fear of abandonment. And I think these promises and assurances are huge because they, they help us make sense of how we might thrive in uncertainty. It's not just what God like will do because there's now, what comes next in the story is actually an invitation for what it looks like for us to get involved, like the invitation to us. So verse six. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it from your left to your right that you may be successful where you go. Later on in verse nine, he says it again. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. There's a difference between momentary courage and the courage um, being talked about here. Uh, The first kind of courage, I think, energizes a person to rush into a burning building and save a trapped child uh, in a fire. Um, The second, though, like empowers you to live a life of resolve, to live a life of strength. Both kinds of courage are important, but the first um, can be like had without the second. The second is way more profound and affects every decision and everything in your life. Uh, The Hebrew word here for, for be strong means to fasten yourself to something, to fasten yourself to something. It's a picture of someone grabbing hold of that which is right, grabbing hold of that which is true and refusing to let go despite what's happening around them. This is like the pit bull part of character. It's like tenacious. It's the tenacious part of courage. This is what he's asking Joshua to go all pit bull on. Be careful to obey the law of my servant Mo- that um, the law my servant Moses gave to you. Don't turn from your right or your left that you may be successful. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it. Even that word "meditate" there—it sounds like very Zen, but it's this like intense word. Like devour it, eat it, soak in it, day and night. Be careful to follow it. Um, the the important thing here is like grabbing hold of what's true. The prosperity of Joshua, first and foremost, depends on like the trueness of what he's putting in his mind and putting in his heart. You could say his moral compass. Like he could not deviate to the left or right regardless of the circumstance, but could only move to the moral, you know, true north. He'd have to establish his compass and strengthen the magnetic pull of his course if he would allow nothing to separate him from the words of God, the path to courage would be paved through a life of centering himself on what God had spoken. God's saying you need to to keep your heart and mind focused on that which is most true. Because let's be honest, our problem is not that we don't know what to do, but that we don't do what we know. The key to the future is not more information, at least it hasn't been in my life, but obedience and surrender and resolve to to submit our lives to what God has made known, to the good and the true and the beautiful that we do know. When we do this, we begin to thrive in uncertainty and fear gets diminished. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the assessment that something else is more important than fear. Do we have the courage to hold fast to the promises and purposes and provision of God? Because there are two sides like to thriving and uncertainty. There's God's part. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then there's ours. Be strong and courageous. In other words, hold fast to what's good and what's true. Surrender to that. In a moment of uncertainty, we lean on what we can be certain of, of what a follower of Jesus would simply call faith. Hebrews 11, one says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance, or one translation says, certainty about what we do not see. Let me read that again. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance or certainty about what we do not see. Jesus said things like this, seek first the kingdom of God, like seek first my way, and all of these other things will be added unto you. Uh, Elsewhere he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Then the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. This would be on the word, on the thing that Moses gave Joshua, on the thing that you don't want to look away from. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, does not meditate on them, does not devour them, does not like have the resolve and strength to go pit bull on them, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. One early church writer in the Bible says, so Jesus uh, himself gave teachers of this word to equip his people so that they could mature, no longer being infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching or by deceitful ideas that bring death. Friends, in this moment, in this storm, what ideas are you holding tight to What promises are you building your new normal on? So the problem or one of the problems with our current moment is that there is less to be certain of. This moment reveals where our securities are. I believe we have less to be uncertain of what we think. Uncertainty is only apparent uncertainty. Our future and our provision and our ultimate thriving are certain to God. And then in verse nine, this passage, uh, this passage ends. (laughs) Have I not, he says it again, have I not commanded you? Like, have I said this enough yet? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I honestly believe that there is something that God wants you to do some way to grow your faith, especially as we go through this series together, not just to sit back and watch him do something passively or wait for him to do it, but we are in a moment that God is looking for you to embrace or in a moment where we can pursue and draw near. This is a moment where I think there is an invitation for us to to grow our faith, to lean in and devour and set our hearts and minds on the promises of God, to be reminded of the way that he provides. Now, this would be a very normal place to end, um, but I wanna add one more thing. Uh, Luke 9, uh, 57, 58, if you're following along. Luke 9, 57 says this, Uh, And this is, we're zooming ahead to Jesus here. And uh, someone in the crowd comes up to him as he's off and having crowds follow him wherever he goes. And he says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, we don't know who this person is, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, I can imagine this was a very earnest statement. They meant this, they are like fired up. Maybe they've seen some healings. Jesus was an incredible Uh, Orator, uh, he's blown away. He's like, I I am going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says to him, it's like pours like some cold water on his enthusiasm. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus is responding with basically a, a question almost back to him. Can you bear uncertainty? Can you bear not knowing how God is going to provide for your most urgent needs? In other words, Jesus is homeless. That's all he's saying here, I'm, ho- I'm homeless. I- I'm traveling through countries that you don't wanna travel through. I'm talking with people that you think are discussing, with the outcast, with the oppressed, and I'm headed to my death and I have no place to lay my head. I know you're saying this right now, but I want you to know, are you able to deal with the uncertainty? Uh, Can you deal with not knowing exactly how God's going to provide some of your most urgent needs? Jesus actually talks about this a lot. It's a question that Jesus, I think, wants all of his disciples, all of his apprentices to wrestle with. There are simply going to be times when we don't know where the provision is going to come from. There are uncertain seasons. And it's usually in those moments that are the most powerful, God moments. And we're in that moment right now. And so I just um, want to encourage you, like take heart, he's with you. Like take heart, you, you can trust that the future is secure. And take courage, take strength to be full of faith. And don't let this idea of Being able to thrive in uncertainty be like a COVID-19 thing. Like, let it be a new normal because uncertainty is not unique to this moment. There is plenty of uncertainty in life on the other side of this thing (laughs) that I don't need to remind you of. We are all becoming something right now. Let's become more. Jesus says to his disciples as he's about to leave them, as they're about to enter a season of uncertainty. He says, the spirit is with you. His Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He'll remind you of everything, all that, the, 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 the word of God, He'll remind you of all the things that Jesus has preached. This is um, God telling Joshua like, don't turn to the left or to the right. Stay focused on the promises, on the way of God. He says, the spirit will remind you of everything I've said to you. And then he says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. I humbly submit that as he said this to his disciples, he says this to us now.